Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the first epistle of Peter with this message entitled, The Perfect Christian Diet, preached February 26, 2017. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Uh, you saw the seal of Columbia University. Our text is written on that seal. It was originally written June 3, 1755. Now, all these universities have become pagan. But here, we honor the word and we preach the word. The perfect Christian diet That's the subject I want to preach to you. The first point is, therefore, 1 Peter 2 starts with therefore. Therefore is there for a reason. Stated in chapter 1, 22 through 25. True Christians are born again. Not by perishable seed as unbelievers are born. That is why all children of Adam die. They are conceived in sin, born as sinners to practice sin, only to die eternal death. Wages of sin is death. Death eternal. But true believers in Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, are born again by the imperishable seed of the word of God. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. He said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life. Abundant life. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Those dead in sins... Those who were objects of God's wrath became God's new creation in Christ because of God's great love and rich mercy. We have been created in Christ Jesus to obey God doing good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. They, as I said, are the fourth soil people with a noble and good heart producing the fruit of obedience 30, 60, 100 fold for the glory of God and for the good of God's people. The basis of our salvation is the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ but the proof of our salvation 
is fruitfulness of obedience which the Holy Spirit produces through us. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Therefore, then points to our regeneration, our new divine nature, and new capacities to love God and keep his commandments. First Peter 1.23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. First Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. All true believers obey Jesus Christ. And so we read in 1 Peter 1 verse 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for the obedience to Jesus Christ. I said all true believers obey Jesus Christ. And if you don't obey Jesus Christ, you are not born of imperishable seed of the word of God. Because of God's abounding grace, we abound in good works. God gives grace to the humble to live a Christian life. And his grace is sufficient for all our needs. Including to suffer martyrdom for the faith in Jesus Christ. By his grace, true believers purified themselves by obeying the truth of the gospel. So First Peter 1.22, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. And John 15 verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Second, they manifest true brotherly kindness if you are born again. You obey the gospel. You manifest true brotherly love. Simple logic. If you don't love God's people, you are not born again. If you don't obey Jesus, you are not born again. Number three, and from the heart... Love one another deeply as Christ Jesus loved us and died for our sins in our place. That is a command, an imperative. From the heart, love one another. Jesus said, John 13, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. 
So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As true believers born of God, we have new nature and new capacities to do the will of God. Negative will and positive will. So we can say no to sin and the devil. And yes to the will of God revealed in scripture. And to Jesus Christ our Lord whom we confess as Lord. The second point is negative demand. Therefore get rid of all sinful behavior. As people throw away dirty, smelly, soiled garment. Let me read to you the scripture. Romans 13, 12 through 14. So let us put aside what? The deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in orgies and drunkenness. Verse 14 rather. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of sinful nature. Ephesians 4, 22 through 25. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. To put off. To get rid of. Your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Titus 2, 11 through 14, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches, the grace teaches, Jesus Christ teaches to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness. And to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager, zealous to do what is good. Our new nature. And our new power of the Holy Spirit enable us to say no to the devil and yes to God as Christ himself did. He said, Gegraptai, it is written. He became incarnate to do the will of God perfectly so we can do God's will though imperfectly. Paul says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I'm sick of Christians' excuses not to live a righteous life. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. 
This means with him we can do all things that please our Lord and Savior. So we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit and Holy Scripture. We are to be governed by the Spirit and by the Scripture. If we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And Ephesians 5.18 Be being filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit and filled with Scripture. We can put off evil and put on white, clean garments of righteousness. So Peter says in this text, verse 1, Get rid of five evils. Paul says in Colossians 3, 5, Murder, kill sin, put to death every sin. We have the power of the spirit to do so. Say no. All malice, number one. Not part of it. All of it. Don't negotiate with sin. Put to death. Get rid of. Say no to. It is the malice is the antithesis of love. It is hatred of God's people. It opposes the imperative to love one another deeply from the heart. Chapter 1 verse 22. Malice desires bad things to happen to others. It is evil attitude toward God's holy people. Especially toward pastor it is always the pastor pastors who preach the holy word of God number two all deceit it is the opposite of purity he told us to have in chapter 1 verse 22 opposite of straight dealings trustworthiness I've been cheated by Christians, even by pastors. Concerning Jesus, we read 1 Peter 2 verse 22, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. People use flattery to deceive others. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 36, 37, And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Deceit comes from the evil one. Number three, all hypocrisy is plural. Ephesians 4.15 says, speak truth in love. Satan, friends, is a liar and father of all lies. 
God cannot lie, nor die, nor change. His every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Jesus is truth. In Matthew 23, he lashes out against hypocritical Pharisees, calling them hypocrites six times. Hypocrites give high compliments. There are many lying hypocritical pastors in this country and around the world. In fact, lying pastors go around the world promoting their lies. They never speak against sin. They speak of Jesus who loves. They do not speak of Jesus who said, neither do I condemn you. Go and what, sir? Sin! No more! Antinomian hypocritical pastors abound. They never teach, rebuke, correct or train people to live holy lives. Hypocrites speak of piety and friendship. Their private lives contradict their public persona. A shame to the church. All envies, sir, number four. Envious people are miserable when others are prospering. Cain killed his brother who offered acceptable sacrifice. Out of envy, we are told, they crucified Jesus. Immanuel Kant said, envy is a wretched vice because it hurts everyone. It torments the subject who envies and it hopes to destroy the happiness Of the one envied. Number five. All slanderings. Plural. Evil speakings of Christ. And his church. And the pastors. They spoke evil of Jesus. Who was perfect. In righteousness. Who never sinned. Eternal son of God. They called him a Samaritan, a drunkard, illegitimate, demon-possessed, a deceiver, blasphemer, a glutton. We act out in envy, speaking evil of others to destroy their good name and reputation. Especially they slander true pastors who preach the gospel without fear of man and promote Biblical holiness. They want true ministers to be like popular antinomian ministers who preach one way love of psychology. Oh, they say Jesus loves you unconditionally, that you may indulge in all the pleasures of sin in this life. And go to heaven. Friends, his name is Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Apoton, hamartion, auton. From their sins. 
not in their sins. First Peter 1 14 through 16 as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because I am holy if you are God's children you will live a holy life Everyone who goes away from Christ and from his church slanders the church and especially the pastor. John 6. From this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And Jesus said to his apostle, you do not want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Friends, go to that church where the gospel is preached. The living gospel that makes you alive. The enduring eternal gospel. Number three, the positive command. Just like newborn babies have intense desire to eat mother's milk, as children of God have intense desire, crave, be addicted to the spiritual, unadulterated milk of the Word of God. The milk is the Word of God, context proves it. First Peter 1 22 through 25. It speaks about verse 22. Obedience to the truth means truth of the gospel. Truth. The gospel gives life. Truth sanctifies us. Truth is our nourishment. And truth brings us maturity. Then in verse 23 of chapter 1, we are told, born again by the imperishable seed of the living and enduring word of God. And verse 25 says, it is the word that was preached to you. So what milk is it? The word of God. So we are commanded to crave epipothesate is the central imperative in the first epistle of Saint Peter. If you are Greek scholars, earnest active imperative from epipotheo, crave, have intense desire. Crave for the pure spiritual milk of the word of God as newborn babies eat mother's milk as newborn babies eat mother's milk we must crave and live by the word of God friends the word must be pure the whole scripture must be preached Old Testament and New Testament cursed are those who destroy the unity of the Bible. Separate 
Old Testament from New Testament. The whole scripture of the Old Testament and New Testament, promise and fulfillment. The whole canon of scriptures. And one should not add to it, subtract from it, or misinterpret it. Church is a dangerous place for people to go. Because most churches do not preach the word of God. They deceive people. They are synagogue of Satan. Preach Christ from it. The Savior and the King. A healthy newborn baby cries vigorously for mother's milk. And you new parents know. Yes, you lose sleep, sir. But you are happy. Healthy newborn baby cries vigorously for mother's milk. Eats often because he or she has voracious appetite. It cries often, eats often, and grows up fast. Psalm 42 verse 1 asks the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you O God. Psalm 84 2 my soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God and we find him in the word. Psalm 119 verse 20, my soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Psalm 119, 131, I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Friends, if you are not born again, you are dead and so you have no hunger or thirst for God's word and you come to church you don't pay any attention to the preached word because you are dead you have no life you are bored by the preaching of the word by the pastor sent by Christ as gift to the church which Christ is building Friends, the word is living and life-giving. The word is eternal because God is eternal. The word gave us life of God in the soul of man. The word nourishes this life. The word sanctifies us. The word causes us to grow up in our salvation. And when the word is preached... By God appointed minister, you hear, you understand, you believe, you obey. Never separate faith from obedience or obedience from faith. And Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus himself grew up by the word. Luke 2.52 
And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And Jesus said, John 4.34, my food is to do the will of God and what, sir? To finish it. And from the cross, he said, it is finished. He came to know the will of God, to do the will of God and to finish the will of God. So that by faith in him we may be saved. And in Matthew 26 verse 42 he says. He went away a second time. And prayed my father if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away. Unless I drink it. May your will be done. Thy will be done. And you find the will of God in the pages of the scriptures sir. I counsel people who want to get married. I tell them, memorize Ephesians 5:18 through 6, 4. And practice it. And you'll be all right. Practice it means obey it. You read Psalm 1, Psalm 19, Psalm 119, and so on. Let me read to you Psalm 40, verse 6 through 8. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. It should be within our heart too. And 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 4, 2. And how from infancy... You have known the Holy Scriptures. Infancy, sir. From infancy. Even when they didn't understand, the word was working. How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed. Theop. Neustos. Theop. Neustos means God-spoken. The author of scripture is God himself. And therefore is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished for every good work. Second Timothy 4 verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing and his kingdom. I give you this charge preacher. What is the charge? Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. That's what we do in this church. The word is pure, sir. The pure, unadulterated. Psalm 12 verse 6, the words of the Lord are flawless like silver refined in a furnace of clay purified seven times. Because it is Theopneustos, God's spoken word. The gospel must be preached by pious, learned, spirit-filled, sent by Christ minister, who is Christ's gift to the church. His ambassador. He must believe the absolute authority of the written scriptures. 
Such preaching, friends, results in regeneration, growth, and maturity in the knowledge of our living hope of salvation, which the living word of God reveals. Let me read to you, sir. It was he who, the Christ, ascended Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's the purpose, until we all reach Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every word of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men, especially wicked pastors in their deceitful scheming instead speaking the truth in love we will in all things grow up grow up into him who is the head that is Christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work The word is to be pure, free of impurities, of human ideas, of philosophies, psychologies, and false science which deny the true and living, infinite, personal, and unchanging God who alone is sovereign, creator, and redeemer, and judge. Friends, the preacher must feed the sheep with the whole will of God. Paul says in Acts 20 verse 27, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. That's what we do in this church. Through the word we experience the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. In the word, we see the Lord. Luke 24, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory and beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all scriptures what sir concerning himself Luke 24 45 through 47 then he opened their minds so that they could understand scriptures he told them this is what is written that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. By the spiritual pure milk of the word we come to greater understanding of our future glorious salvation. Living word points us to the living hope kept in heaven for which we are also kept. 
First Peter 3, 3 through 5. Because we preach the real gospel. Let us see what it does. Second Corinthians 3, 18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect or behold the Lord's glory are what, sir? Being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Growth, sir. Growth. And to be like Jesus Christ himself. In this church, the word is preached faithfully several times a week by God's faithful ministers. Our people are well fed. They are growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They grew up into love, unity, fellowship, servanthood, knowledge of God, holiness, and hope of the glory of God. The word of God is the only food for God's holy people. They never outgrow the living and enduring word of God into a higher life of worldless mysticism. The fourth point In the word, we taste the Lord. In Psalms 34 and verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him, King James. We by faith are tasting the Lord. And we realize that he is what, sir? Good. He is kind. So also in the word, we experience Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So St. Peter in verse 3 of chapter 2 quotes Psalm 34 and verse 8. And I was reading Psalm 34 today and was surprised Uh, to see that verse in the text which we are preaching today. In the word, we taste the Lord. We commune with the Lord. We experience the Lord. In the word, sir, not in the world. The Bible says, 1 John 2, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Jesus said in his high priestly prayer, I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given to me. I'm not lasting after the world. I crave after the spiritual pure milk of the word of God. That's what verse 3 is saying. Peter is looking back to their conversion. 
They were converted by hearing the gospel, the living and enduring word of God. Chapter 1 verse 25. They never physically saw the Lord as Peter did. Yet in the gospel they embraced him as Savior and Lord. The same thing happens to us. In the scripture as I preach you see the Lord and you trust in the Lord. They loved him and believed on him. Christianity is not just a theory, friends. I can speak to a person and tell you whether that person tasted the Lord, knows the Lord, and enjoys the Lord to have communion with him. Or the person is dead. Dead, dead. Christianity is not a theory. It is the experience of communing with Christ. They were born again. They repented of their sins. And savingly trusted in Jesus Christ. Raised from the dead. Jesus Christ who is the vine. And they were the branches vitally united with Jesus the vine. Bearing fruit, more fruit and much fruit for God's glory. That Christian without any fruit has not ever tasted the Lord Jesus. He has no vital connection with Jesus. To him, Christianity is just a theory. Peter says, quoting Psalm 34 and verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is gracious, the Lord is kind, the Lord is good. Trust him, he will save you, and you will bear much fruit. As his life flows into you every moment of your life. The more you drink the pure milk of the word, the more we experience the Lord of our salvation. We fix our eyes on Jesus as we hear the word. So the writer to the Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. And Hebrews 12 verse 2 and 3 we read, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Think about him. Who endured such opposition from sinful men 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Show me a person who is weary and not growing. I will show you a person who doesn't have anything to do with the Bible. From Jesus, we receive one blessing after another daily, all of life. John 1.16 In the word, we see the Lord and we experience him as good, as kind, as gracious. He stops to heal the poor blind Bartimaeus whose cry he heard. Lord, have mercy upon me. Jesus stopped and healed him and he followed Jesus. He heard the cry of the publican. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. The publican went home justified. Because Jesus was good to him and kind to him and gracious to him. He saved him. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. They tasted Jesus and found him kind and gracious and good. Friends, let me ask you. Have you tasted him and found him kind and good? I have found him gracious to me all these years. In Luke 6.35 we are told God is kind even to his enemies. And Ephesians 4.32 says we are to be kind and forgiving our brothers and sisters. God, friends, is kind to chiefs of sinners. Let us turn to 1 Timothy, a chief of sinners is speaking. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 through 17. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful appointing me to his service even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners Christ Jesus might display his Unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.
taste and see that the Lord is gracious, is kind, is good. The legion man, 2,000 demons in one man. And Jesus Christ came, made his way to the land of Gerasenes, looking for one demon-possessed man. He broke iron chains. He was naked, restless, and he was crying out, living in tombs. And he saved him. And you see him, Mark chapter 5, sitting down, clothed and in his right mind. He tasted him as good and kind and gracious. But let me tell you, sir, he shows kindness but also he shows sternness and severity. To those who repent, he shows kindness. And those who will not, he shows severity. Romans 11 verse 22, Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness. To those who fell but kindness to you provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you also will be cut off. You find in him salvation as well as damnation. To all who repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ you will find salvation. And those who deny him reject him will not bow down before him you will find him the judge who judges with extreme severity Romans 9 22 and 23 what if God choosing to show his wrath and make his power known bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for what? Destruction. All judgment is given to Jesus Christ by the Father. What if God choosing to show his wrath and make his power known bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy whom he prepared in advance for glory. Consider therefore the kindness of Jesus Christ and the severity of Jesus Christ. You experience him, sir. Everybody experiences Jesus Christ either as saviour Or as judge of the world. Friends. He commands. All people everywhere. To repent. And he commands us to confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. He commands us. In 1 John 3.23. To believe 
in Jesus Christ. He commands us to love one another. He doesn't beg. Neither do I beg. I command you to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. I command you to love one another. Let there be no offense between you and God and and you and others. Gracious and severe. The same person. And it is my prayer. Today you taste him. As your savior. As your Lord. As your high priest. As your atonement. As your life. Taste him. As I am. Asher in Hebrew means I am that I am. And in the Gospel of John, he says, I am the living bread. Taste it as living bread that will feed your soul. He said, I am the light of the world, and in his light we see light. He said, I am the gate, the only gate. No one comes to the Father except through him. You can believe any religion you want, any idea you want. But if you want to be saved, then come through the gate, Jesus Christ alone. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Who laid down his life for the sheep. That's what every pastor does. If called by God. Gives his life for the sheep. Good shepherds. Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the life. You need him. His life. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the living bread. He is the light. He is the good shepherd. Friends, proof of your life in Christ, that is proof of your salvation, is your voracious appetite for the spiritual pure Life-giving, life-sustaining milk of the word of God in which you see the Lord. If you hear the word, understand the word, believe the word, obey the word, and persevere to the end, rejoice. God has saved you. You have tasted him as Savior. If not, cry out to God as the publican did. I say to you, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Do it now and go home justified. Having tasted the Lord Jesus as gracious and kind And as your Savior and Lord, walking 
and leaping and praising God. We read in Romans 4.25 Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. Don't you come and tell me you are not a sinner. Conceived in sin, born in sin, practicing sin, all of life. Until God saves us. Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. And was raised to life for our justification. Heavenly Father, we rejoice that you enabled many of us to taste the Lord Jesus as our Savior and Lord. You caused us to be born again. You changed our nature. We were against God. But now we love God. Lord, we hate our sins. And we trust in Jesus Christ, your Son. And his life flows into us continually. That we may produce fruit, more fruit and much fruit for the glory of God the Father. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to rejoice. Because you gave us life. Imperishable life. We rejoice. We praise God for saving us. One thing is needful to receive salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And the other thing is make your calling and election sure. Heavenly Father, we pray today that you help us to make our calling and election sure. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Save us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.